You can be seated. Boy, it's just a, it's, it's a humble honor to be able to be here uh, with you in this great church. And uh, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me uh, this morning about honor. And uh, I just feel like it's something that uh, just as the church, and I love this church, uh, been able to come here, I think, for about the last 12 years. I think 12 years ago was the first time that I came to your uh, convention. And I'm just grateful uh, for this church. But, but I do know this. I know that we get used to the people that we're around. And I believe that we should just honor your pastors this morning uh, for just the incredible work that they do here. Come on, you can do a little bit more than that. And if we could, if we're going to do that for them, I want to do that for the presence of the Lord this morning, because, uh, so you should just stand on your feet and let's take the next 15 seconds and just give a shout to the Lord in this place. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, I'm not going to preach a long sermon this morning, but I want to preach to you about encountering the presence of the Lord. Encountering the presence of the Lord. Because when we, when we encounter the presence of the Lord, a generation is marked by the presence of the Lord. And there's this movie that just came out, uh, Jesus Revolution, and uh, it references an entire generation being marked by the presence of God. And I just want to declare to you this morning, I believe that we're in a season again where this generation will be marked in that way by the presence of the Lord. Amen. And uh, so this morning, I want to get quickly uh, to God's word. Uh, Jeremiah 29 and verse 13, it says, and you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. When you seek me, you will find me. And I just believe that we leave, live in a season and a time where, where we believe that God could do it somewhere else. But I, I just want to, I want us to begin to believe that God could do it for you in your life and your circumstances in the season where you are right now, that whatever God's done before, he'll do it again and he can do it right now for you in this place. And that's just what my faith says, uh, in Jesus this morning. And I believe that God wants to mark you. He wants us to be a generation that's marked by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I see that, I see that in this generation. I, I've got five children and, and uh, two of them are with me this morning. These handsome guys right down here in the front row. And uh, I just bring greetings to you on behalf of my wife. She's my partner in everything in life. And she's preaching to our congregation this morning. And so uh, we haven't figured out a way how to be two places at once. So uh, we just are thankful uh, for the ministry that happens here and uh, how it's affecting this region and this state. But Moses got into the presence of the Lord and it changed him. 
Moses got in the presence of God and it, it didn't just change him on the inside, it changed him on the outside. And, and I, I see how the enemy is sweeping into uh, this generation and the generation of young people and, he, and he's trying to steal away identity and, he, and he's trying to steal away hope and he's trying to steal away their dreams and, and he, he's trying to make them as ineffective as they can. And, and, and that I'm just reminded that the truth of God's word is, is that when we encounter the presence of God, that we're in the presence of the Holy Spirit, it's the opposite of all of those things. It's the absolute opposite that happens. And I've just got such great hope in this season. Uh, we have people in our church that work in Lansing for the government, so I routinely get reports about what's happening at the Capitol, and none of them seem really great. You know, none of them, none of them are things where I'm like, wow, that is just an answer to prayer. But I know that when Jesus shows up like he's showing up right now, it doesn't matter what anybody else's plan is. He's going to do what he's going to do. And so we just honor that this morning in this place. I want you to go with me in your Bibles to uh, the book of Hebrews. And I want to, I love this entire chapter, but I just want to read to you two verses here. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. I just want to read that part one more time. Because I believe that, I believe that the people that I'm speaking to this morning, I believe that we're a little bit shaken. I believe that there's circumstances personally in people's lives that, that leave us shaken. I believe that there are things in the world which we maybe grew up counting on now that are being shaken. But the good news is we're receiving a, a kingdom which cannot be shaken. It says, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. And I just believe this morning that, that, that the biggest part that we're missing in the presence of God is this awe and fear. And I just want to stop for just a moment this morning and ask Holy Spirit to come and restore the awe and the fear of God. Let me just explain that what that is first. This is just the way that I see it in the word of God that, you know, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. But it says that the, that the, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. So this isn't, this isn't fear, I'm afraid. This is fear, I never want to be out of your presence again. This isn't fear. I'm concerned for what you're going to do or how you're going to, how you're going to deal with me or how you're going to treat me. But, but if I'm not in your presence, if I'm not pursuing you in relationship, if I'm not, if I'm not closer with you today than I was yesterday, then I don't have what I need in my life. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come right now and just minister to us by the power of your word that we would be able to take the steps that we need to take to get into the presence that you have for us in our lives. And Lord, faith, our faith is what releases your presence onto us. And so we just approach you this morning in humility and in honor 
and faith. And Lord, we ask that you would deal with us in our hearts today in such a way and that you would pour out your spirit upon us. Amen. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. I want you to turn there with me in your Bibles. While you're turning there, uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. The Apostle Paul said that he works out his salvation in fear and in trembling. I remember reading that as a younger man and I thought, what, what was wrong with Paul? Right? I mean, he saved him. He understood salvation. He's going to work out his salvation, but work it out in fear and in trembling. And, and, and when we look at that this morning, I, I just want to draw out for you that, that Paul understood that salvation wasn't just a moment for him, but that it was a lifetime and that the decision that he'd made to follow Jesus was supposed to touch every other place, every other season, every other moment in his life was supposed to be touched by that. And, and Paul saying, it's a it's with great awe it's 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 in awe of what Jesus did for me on the cross that I want that to touch every other place in my life I want that to I want that experience I want that moment I want that testimony to permeate every other circumstance in my life he said I'm going to do it in such a way that it's going to be an honor of the lamb that we sang about this morning I'm going to do it in such a way where there's where it's not going to come from a place of pride for look what I've become and and look at where I've come from but but I just know I know in my own life that that I need that to touch I need that to touch every place in my life and I had an encounter with God first time when I was 5 years old at the altar in a fundamental Bible church that didn't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and they're showing a Billy Graham movie, and it literally uh, scared uh, the hell right out of me. I, I ran to the altar, and, uh, and my father came and, and prayed for me, and uh, I decided I don't want to go there. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. But without the presence of the Lord in my life, religion just began to steal away from me and steal away from me and leave me on the outside in such a way where everything looked right, everything looked good, everything, everything seemed right. Paul said uh, to Timothy that in these last days that the church would have a, a form of godliness but lack its power. We need an encounter with the Holy Spirit that's greater than any any encounter we've ever had in the Holy Spirit before. When I was 18 years old, I, I, I did what every good Baptist boy did, and I went to Baptist Bible College to become a Baptist preacher, and, uh, and I love Baptists. And, uh, and I was there, but the, how many of you have ever been set up by God? Like you realize, I just believed that the Lord set me up. I didn't, I thought he knew what he was doing. He's doing something else. And, and I found myself uh, in that place, uh, in, that, in that college on the outskirts of Chicago. And, uh, and these guys come to me who were local guys. Now I didn't realize everybody there wasn't like me. I was a good Baptist. I believe God had already done what he was do doing, and it was my job 
to, to just live the best life that I could live and uh, was going to make a lot of mistakes along the way and was going to pretend like I didn't. And uh, um, they invited me. They said, come with me. Uh, come with us. We're going to go down onto Lower Wacker Drive in Chicago. We're going to lead. Uh, we're going to minister to the homeless. And we're going to minister the gospel. I thought, this is great. This is what good Baptists do. We show the love of Jesus to other people. I get on the elevated train. The doors close. One brother stands up, begins preaching the gospel boldly. Uh, people are, 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 are ridiculing him. The doors open. The doors close again. At the next stop, the second brother goes. Same thing for the third brother. Fourth time, the doors open and close. They looked at me and said, it's your turn. Like, this is Christmas. And I said, no way. And I watched these, I watched these boys minister the love of Jesus to people and people getting healed and a move of God uh, among the homeless. And I thought this is the strangest thing I've ever seen because I've read about this in the gospels and I've read about this in the book of Acts, but I've never seen this before with my own eyes. And after a few weeks, I went to them and I said, what is it that you have that I don't? I knew I had an experience at the altar. What, what, what is it? What is it that's happened? And, and these being good spirit filled boys who were second or third generation in that, they're like, we don't know what we have that you don't have. Cause what they were doing was normal for them. And I began to discover about the encounter that God had for my life. And I, I, I remember uh, being 18 years old and going into the dormitory prayer room that had probably a quarter of an inch of dust all over everything. And going in there and crying out to God for six hours and saying, if this is real... If this, if this infilling is real, if this encounter is real, if this experience is real, I want to encounter in you in that way. If it's not, I want you to take me out of here. I want you to take me back to safety. I want you to take me back where the people aren't crazy. And about the sixth hour of crying out to God, the Holy Spirit fell on me in such a powerful way that it absolutely changed and transformed every part of my future and reached back and made sense of every piece in my past. And I want to tell you this morning that I believe that God has an encounter for you that, that's very much like that. And, and, and there's been so many times since that the Lord will, he wasn't done with me then. Praise God. I wasn't married. You know, I hadn't been, I hadn't been healed. I hadn't, the, the testimony, we don't have time for all of that. There's not enough time today, just let alone in this service. But I just believe that the Lord has something for you. James 4 and verse 7. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I want to say that verse eight one more time. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Say that with me. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's a deal. I'm a dad. I make deals. Uh, maybe, maybe you're better than I am, but I make deals with my kids, especially when they're younger. Being a pastor, um, I've been a pastor their whole lives. We planted our church before we had children. And uh, so th this is just what they know. And so it's like, you know, when they're three or four, you're like, if you sit there 
we'll go get this, right? You make, you make these agreements and God's made this agreement and, and James is articulating this agreement and he's saying, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And somehow we've got this religious mindset that God loves some more than he loves other and he shows up in some places and he doesn't show up in others and he, and he encounters some and somehow there's other people that are hurting that he doesn't encounter. But I'm just telling you, that's not the Jesus that I serve. It's Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi, just in case you were thinking it was a New Testament principle, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, uh, the Lord says through Malachi, I'm the Lord and I do not change. So if he did it before, he's going to do it again. And if he's doing it in Asbury, he's going to do it here. And, and listen to me, if, if he did it in the 70s and there was a Jesus movement that spread across America, go study history and see some of the things that were happening in America during that time. Because the same time, the same time that, that this broke out in Calvary Chapel was the same time period when, when all of, when all of the, 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 the brokenness and debauchery broke out in, in Woodstock. It, it was the same time period. It, it was as if when the enemy comes in like the flood, the Lord raises up up a glorious standard. And so I just believe this morning that the Lord's asking us, what is it that we're looking for? Because if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. But, but listen to me, I believe that the Lord wants to instill into the church again, the, the, the fear, the awe of God, because, because his presence has become common to us. We've become used to his presence We've taken his presence for granted. Listen to me. Listen to me. It wouldn't matter who the president was. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter what athlete walked into this room. If they walked onto this stage, they would be honored in such a way. But yet we walk in and the presence of the Lord is here this morning in this prayer gathering. And the presence of the Lord's here this morning in this worship. And we're like, yeah, that's what I thought it would be like. Yeah, this is normal. This is good. Listen to me. It's not normal. It's not normal. The Apostle Paul talks about the, the fact that we're to redeem the time for the days are evil. And the word used there in the Greek is not the ordinary time. It's not, it's not chronological time. It's not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's not, it's not January, February, March. It's not, we have this meeting every year. We have this meeting every week or we pray this prayer. It's not that. It's the, it's not chronos. It's the kairos. And the kairos is this moment in time where God shows up and pours his spirit out. It's the, it's, it was a kairos moment in Acts chapter 2. It was, a, it was a kairos moment when people would get close to Jesus and they would be touched and they would be changed. But we need to, we need to, we have a part in this. of repentance to
explores the awe of God. Realize that we're caught in what we're in and we can't get out of it. And Jesus, we need you to do something for us again. So I want to, I want to, I want to do this and I want to do this really quickly, but um, can the piano player come back? Can that keyboard player come back? Because I, I just believe that, uh, I believe we're about to encounter something we haven't encountered before. You say, that's very arrogant. No, no, no. No, I didn't sleep very good this weekend. And it wasn't because the hotel wasn't good. I just, there's a, there is a, there's a heaviness that's on me that's from the Lord. And there's a brokenness that's on me that's from the Lord. And I know he draws near to the broken. And I just believe he's going to encounter you in just these next few moments. And I know that there are two far better teachers here and I love to teach but I I just really came to preach and release this over this church this morning 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says the apostle Paul says for we walk by faith and not by sight you know that's good for me because there's never been a season in my life where I had enough together to really do anything. It doesn't mean that I it doesn't mean that I that I'm foolhearted and that I just walk around with my eyes closed. It just means that what God reveals to me is a stronger reality than what I see with my eyes. Faith doesn't eliminate reason. There are people that believe that and they're wrong. Faith shakes hands with reason and takes possibility to a place where it could never go. And people that don't deserve to begin to take steps closer to Jesus. That's what faith does. Mark chapter five, I'm just gonna tell you the story so I don't want these guys to like freak out. He didn't give me this verse. Mark chapter five, this is described in three of the gospels, this woman with the issue of blood. 12 years she'd had this issue. 12 years she'd spent all of her money. 12 years she'd lost all of her friends and she's alone. She says, she says to herself, any crazy people here like me that you have to talk to yourself every once in a while? Praise God. Bible says she said unto herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'd be healed. I don't think she was sitting. I think she was lying. I don't think that she had any strength left. I think the steps that she were about to take, she knew that if God didn't do something, they would be the last steps that she took. I believe that that literally nearly all of the life had been taken out of her body in those 12 years medically after talking to doctors. The Bible says that she said unto herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I wanna tell you, you can grab a hold of God's word even just a piece and stand on it and step into it and he'll do something. Crazy thing about this is they called Jesus rabbi, teacher, the teacher's garment, the rabbinical garment. There, it was crafted in such a way. Now they didn't have cool jeans or cool jackets, right? They had this garment that was, that was crafted in such a way that when the teacher would move, it would flow right? It was, it was like a gown. It was like a robe. 
It had these tassels on the end that when, when the teacher, when the rabbi would move, it would flow, it would move, and the tassels would move, and they were called wings. You need to know that. Malachi chapter 4, last chapter in the Old Testament, says, And the Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. I don't know if this lady knew about this. You know, we talk, somebody said this at the men's conference. There's principles in God's word that if you just do them, they always work. All I know is that there was a word that said that what she did would work. And she pressed in and she took some steps and she touched Jesus and she was healed. And Jesus looked at her after he couldn't, who touched me, right? I don't know if you've ever been pressed in a crowd. It's like, who touched me? They're like, Jesus, everybody just touched you. No, no, power went out of me because somebody had faith. They touched me. And he looked and he found her and they found her and she was healed. And he said, woman, go, your faith has made you well. Talking to you about walking by faith, walking by faith into something that you can't see. You've heard about it. You've, you've You've heard about revival. Some of you have even been to places where there's been revival. Some of the, some of the, some of the, the my age and older, the older generation here, you've, you've been to places where there's been revival. Some of the places people know about, some of the ones that people don't. But the younger generation, they have not tasted and seen what you've tasted and seen of. And I'm saying we can step into something and know that it's Jesus, even though we haven't seen it, because he promised it. He said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. I thought about the steps that the prodigal took. You remember in Luke 15, the youngest son, he he took his inheritance and ran away and squandered it, only to desire to be back in the presence of his father. Said, I'm gonna come back as a servant. It's not the way God works. He only has children. Said, I'm going to come back as a slave. Wouldn't work. But it says in Luke 15 that, well, he was a long way off. Listen to me. He just began to take some steps towards Jesus. He didn't have anything together. He didn't have anything right. He just had something purposed in his heart that if he could, that if he could get close to the Father, that the Father would be close to him. And so he began to take steps. I'm sure they were humble steps. I'm sure they weren't big, confident strides. Some of you don't feel like you can take a stride today. I believe that we need to take a step. So I want to close with this. Because I thought of Peter. And probably out of all of the people in the New Testament, this bald guy right here identifies the most with Peter. Oh, Peter was a troublemaker. He ended up making trouble for the devil, but I think he made a lot of trouble for Jesus too. I don't know if you see that. That's what I see. But Peter was bold. Peter was like, I don't care if anybody's ever done that before. I want to be the one that tries. You ever think about that? How, how, did, how, did, how did we figure out that some mushrooms were poisonous and other mushrooms were really good with ribeye steak? Who figured that out, right? Would have been somebody like me. I'll try it. I thought about Peter in Matthew 14. 
It's three o'clock in the morning. They're out in the boat. Why are they out in the boat at three o'clock in the morning? Because Jesus sent them out in the boat at three o'clock in the morning. God, we trusted you and now we're in a storm. You know, they're, 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 they're polling. They're doing everything that they can to get where they need to go and it's going nowhere. The ship, the, the boat that they're in is taking on water. They're, they're freaking out. They're angry. And all of a sudden they see a ghost. What is that? Oh, that's a ghost. What? What are you guys talking about? That's Jesus. Peter says, that's Jesus. Jesus, why? and this, this impacted me so much. Because there's so many times in my life where I'm trying to stay in the boat through the storm. There's so many times where I'm like, God, you called me to the boat. You blessed the boat. You sent the boat out. It's the boat that matters. He's like, no, no, no. It's not the boat that matters. It's when you're with me, everything will be okay. There's another account where Jesus was sleeping in the boat. He's like, why are you guys freaking out? You're with me. If I'm in the boat, everything's okay. If I'm not in the boat, the boat's the last place you want to be. Peter says, Lord, if you call me, I want you to hear this because I believe that the Lord's calling this generation. I want you to hear this because I believe that the spirit of God is calling this generation to step out. He said, Lord, if you call me to step out of the boat, I'll step out of the boat and I'll walk on the water with you. Listen to me, nobody would ever walked on the water before. They thought Jesus was a ghost. He says, I'm gonna take a step out. And he steps out of the boat and he begins to walk on water. And as long as his eyes are on Jesus, he's... Just the way I see it, he's like peak to peak on the waves. Whoa, this is cool. As soon as he takes his eyes off Jesus, he begins to sink. People are like, he had a faith problem. No, 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 no. He had a human problem. But he was with Jesus. You know what happened. Jesus said, come back up here, right? Now let's get back in the boat together. I don't know what your boat is today. I don't know what you're going through today. I know what we're going through And some people say, we're all in the same boat. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I will agree we're all in the same storm. Amen. And I want to say to you this morning, I believe that Jesus is the Lord over the storm. Whatever the storm you're going through, I believe Jesus is here this morning. And if you'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. And when you draw near to Jesus, the spirit of God marks you and he will mark your life for the rest of your life. I remember about 20 years ago when I was first starting to preach and I'm thankful I don't have to listen to myself then, but the Holy Spirit said to me, I can do more in one moment than you could ever work for in one lifetime. More than you could ever strive for in one lifetime, I can do it in one moment. And so I ask you this morning, what do you need? I believe there's somebody here, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me in worship. I believe there's somebody here that has a a valve problem in their heart. Maybe aortic, some sort of valve problem. Who is that? Somebody. It's you. Stand up right where you are right now. Lift up your hands like this. Be healed in Jesus' name right now. From the top of your head to the toes of your feet, be healed right now. By the power of the blood of the lamb, you are healed in Jesus' name.
New valve in Jesus' name right now. Every other issue touched in Jesus' name. Listen to me. I believe that if you, I believe that if you take a step this morning, we're, we're, we're out of time, but we have time for this. I believe that if you take a step towards Jesus this morning, he's not unlike the father in Luke 15 that sees him a long way off and runs to him. So we're, we're, we, in our minds, in religion, we're like, God, meet me at least halfway. No, no, no. You just make the gesture of the move, the first step, and he's right there, right? The Bible says that when Peter and Jesus got back into the boat, all of a sudden they were to the other side. Listen to me. I want to prophesy to you and tell you the storm is shorter than you think. The storm is shorter than you think if you'll take a step towards Jesus. And so I want to invite you to stand to your feet this morning. In this place, all across the room, if you're able, stand to your feet. And I know we can worship Jesus right where we are. Like, I get that. I understand theology. But I didn't come to preach theology to you this morning. I came to preach about faith in Jesus. Because I know that he has the answer to the problems that you have today. And I believe he's the only answer. I believe he's the answer to every problem in the world. So whatever it is that you have this morning, I believe that if you take a step of faith, and so I'm going to make some calls this morning. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you haven't made him Savior and Lord, boy, if I had time to preach, I'd tell you about that. But if you haven't made him Savior and Lord, I want you to come right now and and there's a team that's going to be able to meet you and lead you to Jesus. If that's you right now, I just want you to come. If that's this, you know, I know this isn't the way that this church usually does it, but this is the way the Lord's doing it today. If you need Jesus, you just run down here. You just run down here right now.